You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. Here's Gene. Good news. It's Friday. The weekend is here. And uh, thanks for joining me for a few minutes. Uh, just a reminder, we're in part two of our relationship series this weekend at Eastside called Stress Fractures. And my message this weekend is titled, Why Can't You Be Normal Like Me? And we're going to explore how we can navigate our differences that God wired up in all of us. If you need uh, locations or times of services, just go to the Eastside app or to eastside.com. We all hate to wait. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem and that each of them would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what do we do during difficult times of waiting? First, as Jesus taught us, you've got to anticipate supernatural energy through the Holy Spirit. That energy's coming. He promised that. But a second thing we should do during times of waiting is you unify in prayer. The disciples watch Jesus ascend into heaven, and they have all this anxiety about what's next, about what the future would hold, about the new. So, so what did they do? Acts 1 verse 12 begins, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. And it says they all joined together constantly in what? Prayer. They're all there. The chapter indicates there were about 120 of them. They're all together anticipating supernatural energy that was to come. And they're all unified in prayer. One of the things that strikes me when I read the book of Acts is how many times people are together and how often they are praying together. Acts 2.1 says when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Acts 2.44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Acts 2. 424, they raise their voices together in prayer. Acts 512, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. I mean, what's the term that just keeps jumping out there? It's together. This is a church that was unified, and they unified together in prayer. Does that mean they didn't have conflicts and disagreements and, and differences of opinion and relational bruises? Of course not. They had all kinds of conflict and problems and tensions that we read about on the pages of the Bible. But they dealt with them in a way that preserved their unity and kept them together. One Bible commentator writes that he always felt that Pentecost happened, not just according to a date on a calendar, but in response to a reconciliation among the disciples because there were deep tensions among them during and after Jesus' ministry. There were sharp divisions and conflict among these strong-willed people. And, and until they were together on their knees in prayer, fully open to God and each other, the Holy Spirit could not be given. And I would just add, in 40-plus years of ministry, I've never known a contentious group to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, nor have I ever seen a church in which division and disunity prevailed receive the blessing of the Holy Spirit. As churches, we cannot be empowered until we are of one mind and heart, until we love each other just as Christ loved us, and until we heal broken relationships. Can I be very specific and direct with you in applying those words? If you can look around Eastside or in the church you're a part of and you see a person that you have an unhealed relationship with, you're impeding the power of God in your church. 
you're roadblocking some supernatural God moments. These first followers of Jesus got together, healed their relational wounds, and they got their act together. And as a result, God revealed himself as never before. And God worked in them and through them and among them. And they ended up changing the world. Let me ask you, when Jesus said those words, those very personal words in Acts 1, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Do you think any of those folks had any idea of the magnitude of what God was about to do among them? Do you, do you think they understood that they would be writing church history and this would be their supernatural storyline? They would be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Do you think they could see thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people coming to faith? Do you think they could even imagine all these little small groups of faith devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the breaking of bread and prayer? Do you think they envisioned that people would be so responsive to the work of God in them that there would be no needy people among them? Do you think this monolithic group of Jewish believers could envision that God would use them to take this message across racial lines and ethnic lines? I don't. I don't think they could even begin to grasp the supernatural adventure that God had for them ahead. And to my East Side family, I don't think we have any idea what supernatural experience God still has ahead for our church and the magnitude of what he is preparing to do among us. If only, if only we will unify in prayer, come together and anticipate supernatural energy from God, the Holy Spirit himself. Years ago, I heard about an old country preacher. Over the years, he'd gradually lost his eyesight couldn't read his Bible anymore. And so Sunday mornings, he would have someone just open his Bible to the book of Acts and the story of this supernatural church. And he would stand up and he would just put his hands on the text and say, do it again, God, do it again. And that's my prayer for us, that God would do it again. Just do it again. God, this first church is just amazing. And I'm sure these ordinary, imperfect people had no idea what you could do through them, through the power of your Holy Spirit. And God, I'm convinced that even myself and everyone listening to my voice right now, we, we don't have any idea truly of what you could do if we anticipated your supernatural activity in seasons of waitings, if we came together and unified in prayer and trusted you to do what only you could do. God, that's my prayer, that you would do in us and through us what only you can do. God, touch the services at Eastside this weekend. I pray that you'll use the Stress Fracture series to help relationships heal that have experienced some stress fractures this past year. We'll give you all the glory for it. We lift our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, have a great weekend. Hope to see you back here on Monday.